pastor. Tri- get over here, Dan. <laughs> now and then I get to boss him around. This choir and Sharon and A.V. and Scott and Lisa in the back have worked so, so hard to make this Holy Week, Palm Sunday, the service on Friday, the services this morning. You are awesome. And I praise God for you, and I would love for you to join me in praising God for these who have given so much. I'm not done. Oh. Because did you hear how great that last in Christ alone was? Can I share with you how it came to be that they nailed that so completely. You didn't think I was going to let the story go untold. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. You ready? Because Dan is, he's just awesome as a choir director. And he had the misfortune of, be, of having a rehearsal. And I walked in at the perfect moment to hear Dan say to the choir, I want you to hit Christ really hard. <laughs> I can't deny it either. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. And they did it. <laughs> and it was good. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, Thank you, choir. girl was being tucked into bed at night. She had said her I love yous, and they had exchanged their good nights, and uh, prayers were said, and she nuzzled into her blankets and covers and pillows, and then she got this little twinkle in her eye, and she says, you know what? And Mom and Dad said, what? When I get to heaven, I'm going to run up and give Jesus a big, big hug. And I guess our prayer this Easter is that by faith, each of you will embrace Christ in a new way today. Let's pray. Victorious and almighty God, who surrendered your son to death to raise him from the grave, help us, help us to proclaim even as those early Christians did, it is true. The Lord has risen. And that we may know the hope of eternal life for all those who invite the risen Christ into their lives. Give us faith, Father, which will inspire committed living. May we live as resurrection people. The tomb is empty because faith could not, because evil could not hold Christ in the spirit. And then Christ arose to show us the victory which can be ours. Satan's power threatens to destroy us, to claim that victory. But oh, you raise us all above sin and a sin-dominated life to a life firmly established in the faith of our living Lord. 
may we claim with the Apostle Paul that if God is for us, who can be against us? And grant our prayer that we live as your resurrection Christ. We pray this in your strong name. Is risen. Try that again. He is risen. Oh, that's so much better. But I have a question for you. What if he didn't? We'd be in big trouble, Connie says. What if he hadn't been raised from the dead? This is a question that's been bugging me for about a month. You see, when I was in seminary, and I, I've spent about six years worth of seminary because I did a master's and then a doctorate, and you know that we talked a lot about why Christ died. A lot. Keep listening, Connie. Keep listening. We talked a lot about that because we know that Christ died for our sins. We know that. We talk about that a lot. And we talk about the resurrection, and on Easter morning, usually we spend a lot of time proving that Jesus was risen. We talk about the empty tomb and the theories, and people struggle with this idea of a resurrection. It doesn't make sense that someone would be risen from the dead. It doesn't make sense. But in my sick brain, the question wasn't, was he raised from the dead, but why was it necessary for him to be raised from the dead? Since he paid the price for our sins, wouldn't we go to heaven even if he hadn't been raised? Great way to spend time, folks, delving into theology and trying to answer questions. I shared with a young person in my life, it's fun for me, because through my sons I have various friends, and, and now and then we get into text conversations. And no, not everybody texts, but I find that's the only way I can communicate with my sons who are in their 20s. Otherwise, forget it. They never call. But they'll text. I invited this person to Easter. And I shared that I was going to talk about why the resurrection was necessary. And I received a very long, and I'm not kidding, actually it's this long, I'm only going to share a little bit of it, text from this person with this response. How about one reason the resurrection isn't necessary? If God is omnipotent, why would he need such symbology? And then it goes on and on. And then he says, truthfully, in my opinion, the resurrection isn't necessary at all. I'd say what really matters is how he lived and what was taught, not how he died or any fantastic stories that an omnipotent God really wouldn't need. But might be nice to have to simplify spirituality to some, I suppose. The response of someone in his 20s. Does it matter how he lived? Of course. Does it matter what he taught? Of course. Does it matter how he died? Yes, it does. Does it matter that he was raised from the dead? Oh, yes, it does. I'm looking forward to the conversation 
with that person. I said, man, I wish you would come for Easter. Unfortunately, he did not. The last few weeks, we've been talking about the ultimate sacrifices that Jesus made. And of course, we know from Scripture that was read this morning, and we've been looking at the Scripture for a while, we know that Jesus died for our sins. We know that He humbled Himself, He humiliated Himself, so that our sins could be forgiven. We also have learned and looked at other things He sacrificed. He sacrificed His way of life. He sacrificed the approval of friends. He sacrificed all the comforts of life, His job, everything. Everything. And then finally, was beaten, spit upon, and nailed to a cross to pay the price for our sins. The ultimate sacrifice. So, if Jesus had not been raised from the dead, what would it have been like? How would things have turned out? Would we have had Easter eggs? Would we have had peeps? Would we have had chocolate bunnies? Yes, we would have, actually. Yes, we would have. Because those things are tied to a festival that has absolutely nothing to do with Jesus. Do you realize that? We could have had those, but what we couldn't have had was a choir singing those songs. And I don't know about you, I would have missed it a lot. When we look at what was happening at the time Jesus died, we get a picture of what the disciples were like at that point. These were men who had left everything and followed Jesus for three full years, giving all to him. Why? Because they believed that he was the Messiah. They believed this man was the one they had been waiting for. In John 20, 19, we get a little glimpse of how they were feeling after the crucifixion. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, this is right before Jesus appeared to them, locked for fear of the Jews. The disciples were quaking with fear. Peter had denied Christ three times a couple of days earlier. Why? Because he was afraid for his life. The disciples were afraid that since they had killed Jesus, they were next. And so they were there, and they were terrified. In Luke 24, we get another picture of how they were feeling. This is the story of, of the two who are walking to the town of Emmaus. And Jesus has appeared, but they don't recognize him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped, past tense, that he would be the one to redeem Israel. 
huge hoax. We thought he was the one. And they're sad. The disciples were afraid. They were in despair. If Jesus hadn't been raised, would Christianity as we know it have happened? How in the world would those guys have gone from being quaking, sad, despairing men to being missionaries, to being the apostles who began sharing the good news across the world? Ken Schwartz says all of them had betrayed their master and fled the city in despair, but almost overnight, they changed into a self-assured and dedicated missionary group. Almost overnight, something had to have happened to make that happen. Why was the resurrection necessary? First, it confirmed that Jesus was not just another man. He had claimed to be the Son of God. Through the resurrection, it was verified. God raises him from the dead. He appears to hundreds, not one or two, hundreds of people. He is the Son of God. Second, it requires faith, does it not, to believe what happens? People who are non-Christian will say, I don't believe in that. And they're right, they don't believe in that. It requires faith. Does anybody have trouble believing that Jesus was a teacher? Does anybody have trouble believing that Jesus was a prophet? Does anybody have trouble believing that Jesus died? That Jesus was put in a tomb after being crucified? Anybody have trouble with that? Most people don't. Muslims don't. Jews don't. Even some who claim no faith have no trouble with that. Because that's within our realm of what is normal and possible. But to believe that he is the Messiah that God raised from the dead, that takes faith. There is nothing that can be said ultimately that will prove it. It's a leap of faith. And it requires that faith, and that was important to God. Because without faith, there is nothing. N.T. Wright, who is a famous theologian living today, said, I have friends and colleagues who I know to be praying Christians who worship regularly and lead lives of practical Christian love and service, but who really struggle with the bodily resurrection. But if you say Jesus died and nothing happened, but the disciples had some interesting ideas, then you have cut off the branch on which all classic Christianity is sitting. You cannot have death and no resurrection and have Christianity be what it is and what it is meant to be. The appearances of Jesus did not happen because people believed in it. The disciples knew, they had been told that this was going to happen. Jesus told them that. And yet when he died, they forgot all about it. It was too ridiculous. It wasn't until they saw him that they could believe it. The resurrection was the cause of a faith that did not previously exist at all. Jesus had told the disciples he would be raised, but they still fell apart 
after the crucifixion. It was only after touching him, seeing him, hearing him, eating fish with him, spending time with him, that they could claim with certainty that he was the Son of God and that he was the Messiah. That was the only way that they would go to their deaths for him. And they did. All but one died horrific deaths. Horrific deaths. Never being willing to retract that he was the resurrected Son of God. Not one. And the one that was left was banished. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How can we possibly believe in the promise of everlasting life if our Savior is in the grave? It doesn't work. It's because Jesus was raised. And we can see that it's true that we can believe the promise. Why was the resurrection necessary? It fulfilled Scripture. When Paul was writing to the Corinthians, he said, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. These Scriptures that he talks about are the Old Testament. Not the New Testament, not the accounts of Jesus, the Old Testament. So where are these passages? Genesis, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Micah, Zechariah, Malachi, hundreds of passages total. Genesis tells us the consequences of sin in the garden was the banishment of Adam and Eve, amongst other things. Why were they banished? So that they would not eat of the tree of life. Because you see, if they had, they would have lived forever. Scripture tells us that. The consequences of sin was to have a life that would end, that would be permanently separated from God. The purpose of the resurrection is to show us that now through Jesus, we get to have everlasting life. We get to have that piece of fruit that was the right one, the tree of life. His resurrection confirmed his divinity. It solidified the faith of the disciples. It fulfilled scripture. And it demonstrated the character and the power of God. What kind of God? My, my text says the, the omnipotence of God, all-powerful God. What kind of God would leave his son in the grave when he has the power to do something different? The death of Jesus shows what simple humanity is capable of doing. The resurrection of Jesus shows us what God is capable of doing in spite of our sin and in response to it. The resurrection of Christ changes the commission of the disciples. What were the disciples told to do when Jesus was alive and he was teaching them? He said, go and share the good news of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom was the kingdom is near. Now they could proclaim the kingdom is here. Jesus has risen. The kingdom is here. 
Jesus gives them a specific commission. What they are to do and what we are to do as well. He says this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, if I stand here and I say that to you, do you believe I have that authority? You better say no. How is it possible that Jesus had it if he was not raised from the dead? Because he was raised, he could make that claim. He was the Son of God. All authority on heaven and earth, under the earth, everywhere belongs to me. Belongs to me. Therefore, go into all nations. Would you go into all nations? It's hard enough going into all nations with a resurrected Christ. But if you are going into all nations, you're saying, well, yeah, I followed this guy. He was a great teacher. You know, this would be fun. You should join us. I don't know that that would compel us to go. But to go into all nations, to bring the hope, and the promise of Jesus Christ, the resurrected Savior, that's worth something. Baptize. Baptize in John. I thought about that one a bit. John the Baptist, who came before Jesus, baptized people for the repentance of sin. So it was, okay, say you're sorry, plan to do it differently, and let's baptize you to seal that promise with God. After Jesus' resurrection, baptism took on more meaning. Yes, you are baptized as you go to the water. You proclaim you are not going to live the life you've lived before. You are not going to do it anymore to the best of your ability. And when you come out of that water, you are raised with Christ to a life of victory, to a life of hope. Resurrection is the catalyst for hope and the verification that that hope is not unfounded. You have the proof. You have the proof. Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded, it confirms Jesus' authority to command his followers and belief in the hope he brings compels them to obedience. And one more, lo, I will be with you always. How can a dead Jesus be with us? How can he be with us? I'm a risen Savior and walks with me through every difficulty of my life. Anybody having trouble these days? Anybody facing any issues? Anything? You're all good? Can I come stay with you? I, I find life to be full of challenges. Full of challenges. There are Financial challenges, relationship challenges, there's illness, there's economic, there's so much stuff. I don't know that you. There's no way I'm going to do it alone. No way. Jesus says, no, I will be with you always, Mary. I can believe that because I know he is resurrected. I know it. I can have him with me, and I do, every moment. I don't understand people who choose not to have that. I've, I've never understood it. Why? When the resurrected Christ is ready 
to bring his victory into your life. The ultimate triumph is his victory over death and sin. Paul again writing to the Corinthians, when this perishable body puts on imperishability and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Will you thank him with me? Will you say with me, thanks be to God? Thanks be to God. Oh my goodness. He gives us victory. Paul Fittis says, the victory of Christ actually creates victory in us. You want to live a defeated life? You want to live a defeated life? Some of us who know Christ live defeated lives because we forget. We forget that he was victorious. And when we are raised with him through believing in him, we have victory too. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, don't let us be like those who have no hope. We have the ultimate hope because we follow the one with the ultimate triumph. The victory of Christ within us enables us to share that victory with others. That's another reason for the resurrection so that we will spread the good news. We will show people the victory in our lives in a way that they go, oh, I want what she has. We want what he has. Why the resurrection? Back to the Philippians passage. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, exalted his raised up, resurrected to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name. Why? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, I think that's just about everywhere, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why he was resurrected. God raised him from the lowest place to the highest so that we would fall to our knees and worship him. That's reason enough. Would you pray with me, please? Lord God, it is so glorious on this Easter afternoon to realize the victory that you have won. And Lord, to be able to participate in that victory simply by coming to you and saying, Oh Lord, I can't do it alone anymore. I mess it up too many times. Lord, those that don't know you, help them to share with you the things that they know are not pleasing to you. And Lord, help them to invite you into their hearts because you will come to help them, to walk with them, because you are the Lord of victory. Father, we thank you for your Son. We thank you for your Spirit. Thank you for Easter. He is indeed risen, and we give you all the praise and glory. It's in your name we pray, and all God's people say,
Amen. The ushers would please come forward for the offering. And as we are singing,